Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rotten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Rockstars! You're listening to Rutten Radio here on RPR. That's Real Presence Radio. I'm coming at you live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But we cover a global audience. From coast to coast, from China to the most. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please. Please, please, please. I'm okay. your host, Joe Rutten, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful and lovely brother priests, Father Paul and Father John. You can follow us here on social media platforms, Facebook, um, well, not really Twitter, but uh, Facebook Live, you're going to get all that stuff, uh, Real Presence Radio 91.3 and all the affiliate stations of Real Presence Radio. Uh, and you can interact with us if you want on Rutten Radio. Facebook is the page where you can interact with us, and we'll be out there uh, kind of chiming back. You know, we, we don't have a lot of time to waste talking about 2018. We're just going to jump right into uh, new things here in 2019, brothers, because this month's segment of Faith and Culture, our movie review, is an outstanding <laughs> movie. I loved it. And so I don't want to waste time talking about 2018. Let's jump right up on in, brothers, for the 2019 initial kickoff January movie of the month, Real Player One. No, ready. Ready. <laughs> Player one. See, this uh, is the beautiful all, part, is if you just Give them enough rope. <laughs> hang I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just let all his excitement run. Oh, and then there he goes. He trips love over it. his feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good thing that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll move on. So, Ready uh, Player One. Disclaimer. As always, it's a PG thirteen movie. movie. Really? Uh, yeah. I guess it just shows but, that Jesus has worked in my heart. Yeah. Watching yeah. it, I'm like, oh, no, I, I checked oh, it oh. just to see after I started watching it. I'm like, eh, there's definitely language in, in a, you know, um, a hair bit of a suggestive yeah. uh, so, sexual content. It's not like there's no nudity or anything, but you know, anyways, for any of you that grew up in the eighties, it'll just seem normal, but <laughs> <laughs> I think our, yeah. And it came from our Facebook page. So we thank uh, you for suggesting the movie right. and as well, uh, the lady at the gym, Abby, uh, had said a long time ago, she's like, oh my gosh, I just watched this movie. It was Ready Player One. You should watch it sometime. And then I did. And I'm like, hey. So was, somebody at the gym is had said where it a you long got time this ago. confirmed? So I watched it the first time then. And then when it came up on the Facebook page, I'm like, hey, I've seen this movie. I liked it. Outstanding. So, yeah. Well, if you haven't watched it, it really is worth going and checking out. It's kind of got, got a little little sci-fi to it, but yet it's a, it's it's pretty cool. I think you'll enjoy it. Father Paul, could you maybe just give a, give the audience a brief overview? Sure. It actually is based on a book written by Ernest Cline uh, and then made into a movie uh Steven Spielberg, right? Yeah. Uh, made yeah, the movie. Yeah. So that helped as well. But it's your typical thing. Uh, when the creator of the virtual reality world called Oasis dies, he releases a video in which he challenges all Oasis users to find a Easter egg, which will give the finder his fortune. Sort of like Willy Wonka. What's an Easter egg? Yes, it sort is like, like Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka. Uh, for the modern age. An Easter egg is what they started to do is in like computer games, they put these little things. 
uh, and you find them uh, and something happens and it's not necessarily part of the game. It's not necessarily uh, something essential to it, but it's just hidden for you to find. And when you find it, you get something special. Mm. Uh, and so they do this in video games. And so programs. it's like a real live person sitting in an office somewhere with his buddy saying, Hey, watch what we're going to do. Yeah. This is going to be a worldwide game. Everybody's going to play. Yep. Let's just put a little uh, deal in here and like, just see if anybody finds it. Right. right. What's so that some of it would be like, uh, Contra, up, up, right. down, down, yeah. left, right, left, right. Uh, down, 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 left, right, left, but those right, are right. secrets that actually help you in the game. But it would be an Easter egg. egg well, might... no, because I mean, it might be either way. So okay. it's something hidden within the program that is there. So he created this Easter egg in the midst of it all, uh, which were a set of keys that you had to find. <laughs> and then to find the keys, you had to know certain things and do certain things uh, in the midst of it all. So for people who love video games and all of that kind of concept, it really is a lot of fun. Those that grew up in the eighties, it's the eighties all over again, except for it's what, 2025. So yeah. it's futuristic. If uh, you are listening to this program and you understood what father Paul just said, when he said up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA, start. Uh, if you understand that you will love this movie, even if you don't like the plot line, because everything <laughs> about your growing up is going to be right in front of yeah. you. So it, it was good. You know, and again, it's classic movie. It's, you know, downtrodden boy it's tough life. That's again, the Willy Wonka kind of thing. Mm. Um, a great heart, great desire in the midst of it all. And it was just, you know, in one sense, there was a lot of lightheartedness to it. So it was an easy movie to watch. And yet every once in a while they give in, we'll talk about them. Just like these zinger one-liners. Like, you're like, wow, that was really profound. <laughs> and there's times like I'd rewind it. I'm like, did he just say what I think he said? Uh, and I think why the movie and why we're reviewing it is the question about reality and virtual reality and the amount of time and energy that people spend in it all. And so... While the movie was something that teenagers would watch, you know, it, it was still fascinating because there were a lot of levels to it that I thought um, made it worth us reviewing it. And so. it's not short. I think it was over two hours, uh, but it moves. Like it yeah. kind of, you clop along in it and, and next thing you know, you're like, wow. But it, it was, a, you know, it's a lengthy movie. Um, just that quick idea that says if you're out there listening, you're thinking, I have no idea what Father Paul just just said. Just Im imagine uh, your children and their video games that you enter into the video game and that becomes everybody's reality, that mm -hmm. everybody lives in this virtual huh. video game reality, um, and then they pop back into sure. the real world, if you will, sure. every once in a while. And this game that they all play in virtual right. reality has consequences outside. Yeah. And it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm so. Are we into? Yep. Can I? Okay. Yeah, so you I want to jump I, right up the into themes that, the and thing thoughts. thing that intrigued, intrigued me about it in regard to reality is we all are trying to escape reality. Yeah. You know, that's what somebody does when they drink a liter of vodka in, in a sitting, you know. Or, or even that's read what, a book, watch a movie. Yeah, get into a book and a novel and I'm in this we, whole yeah, other world. And I'm out. like, yeah. So, yeah, so we're like trying to escape this thing that we're in. And this is just sort of the consequences of it. Or this is a really dystopian look at what that would be. And he says in there that, well, there's the line that people come to the Oasis because of the things that they can do, but they stay because of all the things that they can be. And so right. there's this idea that inside the, in reality, the heart has this desire to be something more, right. yep. to be able to be fluid, to be able to be cha to change. And so you can be tall and beautiful and scary and change your sex and you can have all these things. And then I'm like, Oh, 
wait a minute, we are totally in a 2018 movie if that's a part of the things. Like, this is, so there was a sense in me, like, in, you know, the 80s, that is not something people would have thought about, really. I mean, maybe it would have been a little bit, but there was this sort of dimension that I thought, oh, this is very much a movie of our times. Yeah. Um, but this, the avatars can feel, if they want to change, they can change. And But something, something peeked through that I thought was really important was in this, exchange this, uh, the boy and girl who fall in love. Um, the girl says something about what I really look like. Right. So it was fascinating that even in the world where you have all this virtual friends, where you have all these things, where all of your life is in the end, there's still at the root of it, the awareness of who I really am. Right. And what I'm really looking for is to be in reality outside of the oasis, outside of my drunkenness, outside of my pretend world that I live uh, to be accepted for who I really am. And it's then that you really experience something true. And uh, so I thought that that was fascinating, that even though they live in the virtual reality, mm -hmm. they're still living aware. But outside of this, I'm someone else. And you wouldn't love me if you knew who I really was. Right. Uh, and so the, um, the real, what reality has still has consequences for us in our escape. And the longing that we have to be something different is always going to mutate into different things. And so we're just going to add to the number of things that should change about me or should change about the world or should change about whatever. But in the end, it's an indication that in my heart, I actually am made to be something I'm not yet. Okay. Yep. This is the Christian proposal. Right. I'm actually made to be a divine being. I'm made to be another Christ. And every time I don't, when I don't know that, when I don't understand that, it all manifests itself in a bazillion different ways. I got to be able to change my clothes a million times. Fashion becomes really important and what I can do and all these, uh, how I can cook, how my house looks. All of that, though, is like whew, compared to who I'm supposed to be. Um, and it's still prevalent in here that there's no way to escape it. Uh, so you're trying to tell me that somehow there's this, I'm supposed to be somebody I'm not. And and my desire to seek that or to know that or to become that manifests itself in all of these external ways in my daily life. Yeah. Yeah. So I either put all my importance in my job and, and I'm going to be, I'm, you know, I'm 28 years old and I'm going to be a great CEO or I'm right. 14 years old and I'm going to be a great football player or I'm 58. And I realize even being the CEO isn't enough and, and I'm 10 sheets to the wind. And so uh, this can, this can replace our identity in Christ, but can that how how can that also be a manifestation of goodness? Uh, the good the goodness is the realization that inside me to be a human being is to live in a reality in which I experience I'm not enough. That's actually a good thing, and that's okay. That's okay, right? And, 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 and that desires that manifested. It, if I'm not in relationship to the creator, to God, if mm -hmm. I don't have that spirituality that's connecting me, mm -hmm. faith relationship, that it can manifest itself in all of these external things, all of these other things, even internal things, I guess. Yeah. Whether that's negative vices or daily habits of routine living, but not connected, but, but replacing, they can replace, if you will, what ought to be the source 
of my fulfillment and my desires and my love. I'm going to, that's true, but I want to pose something else. Actually, it's a step before. They quiet the inadequacy that I know somehow I am. Gotcha. We don't want to think we're inadequate. We don't want to experience dependence. We don't want to experience weakness. And so all those things quiet it. But only when that is open and in at play and like at the world will I then understand encountering Jesus Christ or the power of God who like calls me into something else. And I'm like, this is why Saint is Saint. This uh, is the I'm a new creation. I am a new creation. That's the experience that everyone but, but is before, looking for. Before the new creation, St. Paul says we have to empty ourselves. So this is the emptying. This is the opening up, the exposing in order to be filled or in order to have that encounter. Yeah. So, huh? all right. That's a uh, boy, Father John, jumping right into the deep end there. Yeah. Do you want to well, go back to the movie. kiddie pool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep movie. I mean, there, there, you could yeah, go no, back to in... the kiddie pool on the 80s themes, by the way, which is where I'd well, like to take but, but this. Here yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But the other thing, though, they did show, which was I thought was really good for it, it was he said, you know, there are consequences, you know, so you can build up all this stuff and you can lose everything right. inside the virtual world. And that crushes you yes. in the real world. And so they yeah, show yeah. The, the, the oriental man about ready to jump out the window. Right. That was fascinating. And somebody grabbed him because he'd lost everything. Right. In the virtual world and it crushed him. So too, how many people in the real world have created a virtual world? Absolutely. And it begins to crumble. And so their solution is to end life. It's right at the beginning of the movie too. And it immediately sets the stage for the consequences yeah. of the rest of the, the movie. Yeah. What I really did like about the whole movie is it didn't, it didn't, take one way or the other as far as technology it mm. just sort of mm-hmm. in my mind it just presented it and said you 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 make conclusions to these things so it wasn't like in my mind as far as technology and all of that it wasn't like well you have to think this way uh it just sort of presented it all it's like well here's how it works and mm-hmm. you know how do you live and you know how do you function in uh in relationships and those kinds of things um and i do think some of it's it's closer to us than we think, you know? I mean, there's the video game Fortnite that everybody plays uh, all the time, like a lot. Like it's caused problems for people. And it's, again, this virtual world, it's a virtual game, it's shooting people, and but but it's communal in the game, uh, but people play, 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 play. I mean, like it's got serious consequences in the real world, but they can't stop playing, you know? Uh, they just keep investing because they can build up their character. They get more stuff. They get better guns. They get all these things just like the movie. Mm. So it, it is out there uh, as well. Yeah. it's. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that I would really, really enjoy if you're out there listening and you have listened or, or watched the movie, I'd love to have some feedback from other people on this. I think that you could really have a profound group discussion about how people receive this in light of their own personal experience at home yeah. for parents with their kids, for kids themselves. I'd love sure. to talk to some high schoolers, watch this movie and then talk to some high schoolers out there because it it speaks to the reality of our existence today. There's no doubt about it. Well, it's interesting. Uh, someone at the parish posted on Facebook that they were talking to a group of high school or middle school students and the middle school students were talking about how stressed their parents are. Oh, 
<laughs> which I find very interesting that in a sense, maybe like the conversations would reveal something even different than we might imagine mm. that the battle against anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, th I think it would be interesting to hear people's commentary yeah. on it. I think we're in the midst of it, but I also suspect there's a way out of it that is different sure. than maybe we think that maybe the human experience is powerful enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. To want to live. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the point of the movie is at the end, what his heart, what everybody really desires and what he desires is that the game, the virtual reality is all the restlessness of Augustine in, in the confessions where he says, my heart was restless until it rested in thee, right? Well, how do they end? They end by the two couples that fall in love virtually, but don't really know each other in reality get to know each other in reality, fall in love in reality. And then it ends with, for a disclaimer, I guess I'm kind of giving well, away all that. Well, uh, no, but, don't. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about it, but, I, I, <laughs> but they fall, you know, it ends with the reality of really what we're all yes. seeking. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't end with this fake kind of virtual ending. No, sure. it, it, it ends with reality. What right. it is that we, we truly desire. Well, what, so, what I think is also important is, so there's this, game that they're playing seeking to get to the end to win and the way in which you do that is by coming to know the creator better hmm. so hmm. his likes his dislikes his life all of these things so it isn't until they understand him better that they can understand how to find the next key so too i think in our life until we come to understand god and we seek to know God better, and we seek to understand God. We even seek to understand Jesus Christ. You know, we just celebrated Christmas. Uh, you know, I, I, I ponder that reality sometimes. Like Jesus Christ, you know, had friends that that weren't his friends. Had people that didn't understand. I mean, Jesus Christ lived. Like, and the more I understand Jesus Christ, the more I strive to understand Jesus Christ. The more I understand my life. Uh, but if I don't seek to know more about Christ then my life doesn't make sense in the path that I'm on, the place that I'm seeking, it's going to get all confused. And so too, you know, there's the, 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 the villain, uh, Sorrento, uh, doesn't know the creator, doesn't really know the creator. And so he can't understand the, how this is working. He can't understand what motivates people because he doesn't know the creator. So too in our life, if we don't know Jesus Christ, we really don't understand why we do what we do. Uh, we don't understand what would motivate other people, those kinds of things. And so I just thought it was fascinating. You know, and then they had the library, like you go to the library, you could look up anything you wanted about him. Again, this idea of our ability to know Christ uh, and to read about, you know, but not just as a historical figure, but as somebody that comes back in to it. And, and, and again, isn't that the amazing thing? And they sort of leave it. And, and I don't know your thoughts on it when he meets him and he says, you're not at avatar. And he said, no, I'm not. But they're inside the oasis. But he's not an avatar. So what does that mean? Like, how is he not an avatar? So is he, like, one with it now? So, too, again, this challenge, like Christianity, like, Christ is in me now. And I'm in Christ now. Like, Christ become is, a new creation. Is, is reality in a way that I don't always fully understand. It's intriguing 
to consider if Steven Spielberg wrote this with a Christian perspective in mind? My guess would be not. And therefore, it leaves another possibility sure. that even as the world leaves Christ, it actually ends up in a position to best meet him. That Steven Spielberg wrote this movie from a position of the human experience by looking at reality, by looking at the ways people leave reality, by looking at the human dynamic. by And so he comes up with this movie that in so many ways is like all of human history, taking the best they can, the most they can and saying like, this is what I see. And it's all positioned in a way that all you need is a little spark. You need a little flip and you're like, this is him. This is him. Uh, It's the same thing that the Ghanaian priest, uh, a spiritualist priest in Ghana that I met was like able to get just close enough, but didn't have the proposal of the good news. It's like Steven Spielberg is getting just close enough. He's articulating all these things. And, and you think, how did he come to make this character so close to a Christ figure? Uh, well, because somehow in the human heart we we know we're looking for a Christ figure. Uh, and so if people go away, they actually may end up in a better position to meet him. And interestingly enough, what moves all of this into being is what's the guy's name again? The, the, uh, Halloway? Halloway. Halliday. Hall- Halliday. Halliday is the person that sets it all in motion, right? Well, right. Christ is the person who sets it all in motion by setting a person in motion. And today the same thing still happens, that you meet a person who sort of sets you in motion. He doesn't take away or give you all the answers, but you meet someone and they like propel you into this reality to start taking it seriously, to start looking at things in a different way. Uh, and so th- we end up getting to live the same incredible thing that they actually were living there, but we know the name. We know the truth of the one who uh, created. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, you're listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio here. And we've got a few minutes left as we wrap up the first half hour yeah. of our segment on faith and culture. And I get, I want to chime in. I haven't gotten any themes or any, <laughs> any contribution to this thing. Uh, um, well, that's right. Cause you really liked the movie and you couldn't wait to talk I, about I, it. Like, and then we wouldn't and let I, you. And I humbly have been oh, sitting over I don't here. Think oh, it was <laughs> just biding my time wondering Lord, Lord, that I, if, if I have to sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Okay, Joe. No, Joe. What do you, what do you <laughs> We'd think? love to hear Joe, what you, could you think share about with us movie, Joe? Your themes? Uh, I'm sorry, Joe. First, <laughs> no. uh, the, 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 nostalgia. We've had that theme over the, yep. the last few movies, but the minute the opening music came back on, I thought, what was the name of that gymnastics movie from when we were kids? Well, it was American Anthem. Oh, yeah. Remember uh-huh. the one? Yep. Sure. American Anthem. <laughs> like he's yep. out. And I, Mitch Gaylord. Right? So there's all of these kind of 1980s nostalgic experiences that came back, some kind of wonderful. Remember the one with the, yep. the tomboy drummer? and. Yep. Uh, but do you suppose that's because that's the be- that was sort of the, the infant, not the infancy, but that was like when technology and video games sort of entered right. into uh, mainstream pop culture. Pop culture. Yeah. And, and so the video the games. Yep. 
He yeah, drives around totally. in a DeLorean. Yeah, the 1980s part to it just really pulled yeah. me in. You know, okay. felt like it should be out on the roller. 90s, right? 1980s. 90s. No, it was almost all 80s. Yeah, 80s. Duran Duran, Joan Jett. Like it felt like it should be out on the, the roller skating rink at Carousel <laughs> or something. Uh, so there's a couple of things in there. I've been watching Facebook uh, on uh, public TVs doing Frontline's doing a deal on Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. And there's a movie, a quote in the movie that said, "Invention comes with responsibilities." you didn't ask for. If you make something people want or need, it's up to you to set the rules. And I'm telling you that quote, that when you create something, you have responsibility to it. Right. And Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook right now, as we speak, are trying to say, nope, this isn't, we're just a platform. We're not the ones that have to set the rules. And I'm like, Wow, this is extremely profound. They have started or facilitated or been the the means by which war has started. Mm. And yet Mark Zuckerberg wants to stop and say, I'm not responsible for these types of things. The presidential elections. Yep, the whole question. I'm not responsible. Well, actually, when we personally, as co-creators with this divine God, create things, we do have responsibility to it. We do have dominion, right? right? This lordship over creation that we're responsible for. So whatever it is in our own personal lives, mm-hmm. our, our children, yeah. we create, you know, we're co-creators. We brought them into existence. We have dominion. We have lordship. We have responsibilities that come with the raising of our children. Work. The things that we do, I, I just really think there's a wonderful theme there about rights and responsibilities in relationship to our personal lives. Definitely, definitely anti-business. Oh Coming gosh, at it yeah. from a, a standpoint of my <laughs> business fraternity, I just can't help but think like the only way you get money is through destruction. So to to gr- yeah. to gain is at somebody else's loss. Yeah. Uh, there, oh, time and time again, it, it's you're you're not numbers like so that idea that you're there's not this, names. You're, you're, a you're not names. You're numbers. Yep. Yeah. That this whole conglomerate and this guy's this giant businessman that's trying to take over the oasis yeah. and uh, just figure out theme. what did he say? Figure out how much advertising you can put in the screen before they have. Uh, Seizures, right? Right. Uh, So, from that standpoint, I did find that interesting. I've been paying a little attention to that just in cinema, how anti-business cinema uh, can be. Um, You know, and I guess as I kind of finish out, I just thought that really at the 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 concept of love. So it's really a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, Love, reality. As we wrap up this first half hour, I appreciate your time, brothers. Let's go ahead and. Final thoughts in the last minute here before we go to break. I think what I did appreciate was, again, we'll just do a quick spoiler. Uh, In the end, when they take over the Oasis, they close it two days a week. So you have to spend two days in reality. Amen. Again, an understanding, responsibility. Right. And they're going to help people out. And they're going to say, you know what? We're closing it. You're not going to be happy. Am I supposed to close down my social media two days a week? Well, Father John, go in peace. Reality <laughs> is a friend. Amen. Amen. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. Hi, I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we want to wish you a very blessed and happy new year.
The great event and the days of rejoicing are here, and we want to be the first to wish you a very holy Christmas and a blessed new year. May the Christ child fill your family with enough joy that you will feel his presence for the entire year. Thank you for letting us be a part of your family and to experience that joy with you. Happy New Year from Real Presence Radio. Catholic Radio and the content that you get here helps you to keep your eyes on Christ and on His His truth and His presence right in the midst of, of everything that's going on, and, and that includes what's going on in the church and, you know, the recent, recent scandals and cover-ups and all this terrible stuff. You know, yeah, like you said, the answer isn't to, isn't to run away. It's, you know, run, run closer to Christ. This is a great Catholic media outlet. I think you'll, you'll find um, honest talk about what's going on but not obsession. There's a danger in the midst of all of this that when you see something evil, something dark, something uh, something like what we've seen, that's all you look at. But if that's all you look at, if you only look at the darkness, you'll never find your way out. And so we need to we need to acknowledge the darkness, but also keep referencing back to the light. You know, like you said, Christ found in the church. And he's mm-hmm. here. Where is he in your life? Catholic Radio might help you to, to think about that and discover that. Father Josh Waltz. And I'm Father Justin Waltz. We are brothers in blood. Brothers in the priesthood. Wishing y'all a happy new year from From the the Sons of Thunder. This is Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rotten Brothers. Well, welcome back to Rotten Radio here in the second half hour of our show on Real Presence Radio. You can follow us online and through Facebook. You can communicate. You can offer comments or insights. You can also download the Real Presence Radio app. If you want to follow us and listen to us anywhere you are without uh, having a radio present, you can do that as well. Uh, Brothers Rutten, we had a great first half hour as we talked about Real Ready 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 Player Player One. One. It's an odd title, yeah, but... It was a good segment. If you haven't lit, watched the movie, definitely you're going to want to get out there and watch it. I really enjoyed it, and uh, we had a good conversation there about love and reality. And, and if you don't like it, it's not my responsibility. Yes, yes. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like uh, the Christmas movie no. that I loved so much last uh, month that John pull up, kind of punctured, kind of poked right. hey, no, but he no, came no, around. He came just, around. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. He came yeah. around. All right. Well, in the second half hour of our segment here. We're going to kind of just dive into the new year, 2019. Uh, you know, it had some old things. I, I always think of St. Augustine. He has a great quote, ever ancient, ever new, mm-hmm. and referring to kind of the divine reality that there is this sense oftentimes in things that have life that that there's an there's a quality about them that seem like they've always been present. And then there's this freshness that's present too. It's almost like love, right? Like like a relationship where you can sit on the phone with somebody for hours and just talk, 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 talk. It's like, well, this is kind of that God experience. So wineskins, old wineskins, new wineskins. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, something that, that's the same in 2019 from 2018. That's a, a habit, a routine, a prayer. I don't know. Something the same, something a big you got, you got something big coming up in 2019? Then what's just a little thing for 2019 that you're going to kind of look at and say, you know, this might not be a big, I'm not, you know, taking a trip to Hawaii or anything, but, you know, I have this little prayer 
this little prayer that's kind of a small little thing that I'm just dialed into and I'm really going to keep keep at in 2019 that is contributing to to my faith life or to my life in general. So uh, something new, something uh, something the same, something big, something small. So with that, let's just kick it off in 2019. Father John. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just listening. Uh, oh, well, yeah, okay. Um, a couple things. For me, probably... The thing that will, you know, stay the same in one sense is I, I've really found uh, a routine with uh, the gym that I go to mm-hmm. and they're actually kind of big on not doing like New Year's resolutions. They're also big on not saying I'm going to get a beach bod uh, because again, it's sort of this false notion, like somehow like that's, that's the ultimate goal, like to have this body that looks good on a beach. No, what they want is a body that works and functions every day. And 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 not this idea of this goal down the road, but just to be able to live reality and to live it as it is. And and that it's these small steps and small changes that we make that become part of who we are. Uh, you know, because again, but right, you, you don't want to go to a gym today because it's gonna be wall to wall people. Everybody made their New Year's, you know, God bless your New Year's resolution. They're all getting back at it. They're all going to be there. And you're like, oh, no. And they're going to make it for, you know, a little while or whatever. Uh, a couple of weeks, then, maybe. And, you know, it's this idea. Like, and, and so anyways, at the gym, they just talk about it. it's not really that. It's right. just, and you have to just do it for yourself. Like, and not for yourself, but like just a desire to, to be you. You know, in the midst of all of that. So I'll continue to go to the gym. and So they're not big um, on resolutions, kind of. Not in that sense. Now, we'll do things like they'll have, you know, like a fat loss contest. Right. Or, but the goal is to try to create habits right. that are sustainable. That's outstanding. Like things that you can really, like, do. Uh, and even the workouts themselves are functional, you know. Uh, and maybe I said this before, but one day we were doing a workout and they uh, called it the mom squat. <laughs> and I'm like, the mom squat? Uh, and what you had to do is you had to hold a weight up uh, and you're racked up by your shoulder. And then you had to squat down and pick up another weight and then stand up. And I'm like, okay. And and they said, every mother holds a child and has to bend over and pick something up mm. constantly. And you don't want to put your back out. You don't want to hurt yourself. So it's a mom squat. Mm. Uh, and I thought, hey, it's functional uh, in the midst of all of that. So for me, that will stay the same. I would say as far as kind of that external worldly sort of thing. How long have you uh, had a consistent uh, workout routine? Since getting to Watertown. So really? almost six years. So hab- So you talked about habits that are sustainable. Um, you yeah, know, as you, people look to the 2019 year, I think that's a nice little nugget of insight or wisdom is try and do something that you can sustain. Yeah. Uh, but don't look at this as something like, oh, I'm going to do something special now. Like, well, all right, but what's the sustainable habit that you can change or that yeah. you can... So three years yeah. in Watertown. Yeah, and, and part of it is, I always say, it. The, our gym parallels religion or church. So there's set times to go. Uh, there's a community that's there. Uh, there's someone else kind of leading it for you, uh, encouraging you. There's all kinds of people at all different levels. Uh, you, you know, and so it, it's just like, you know, if you're the nine o'clock mass goer, you sit in the same spot, same people, all those kinds of things. Uh, someone else leads you, uh, those kinds of things. So I enjoy it. It's been good. Father John. I am totally uninterested. In what? 
New Year's resolutions. Good. Uh, Good. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, what is uh what's at the heart of your disinterest um i think i want to live in reality uh partly um is like, it new is i sort of, I sort of like <laughs> want to raise the white flag like that's you know and i everybody can do it i'm fine that everybody does all their things but if i really look at it it's like i, I guess i just don't get it mm -hmm. uh like like what's what are we doing <laughs> like we all know and why this day, you know, okay. So I guess this is what I would say is I'm more interest. I'm, I am interested in changing, but I don't just like set a date and like m make this happen. So I have some things that I decided a couple months ago that I want changed in my life and I want technology out of my bedroom. Um, but it's still there. Yep. So I'm not going to like double down. Okay. Now that it's new year's. Okay. It's, it's technology, sure. everybody. And then everybody's going to think that I have this like great plan and that, Oh, I do all no BS. <laughs> You're raising the flag. I'm raising the flag. You're such like, a revolutionary. Like, you know, I want, but this is the difference is yeah. I do want to change and, right. but it doesn't happen just cause it's January 1st. I, all my life, I want to like, look at what sure. do I need to change? And, technology in my bedroom is one of those things that needs to change. And so I'm praying that God would help me, it's, but it's, you know, it's a battle. It goes back and forth. And, um, and with that, I would say, uh, one of the things that will stay the same is that I'm confident I change. Hmm. I don't know how to explain it, except the last couple of years, I'm like stunned that I actually change. Oh, you know, I wonder how many people actually look at their life and can say, I am a different person this year than I was last year? Or are we just on this, this autopilot? And I think reality is what provokes us to need the change. So the more we're in touch with the provocations and difficulties, oftentimes mm -hmm. of reality, we also get the joy and the grace of God present reality and we do change. Uh, but if you sort of check out and live on an, um, so I think I'm looking forward to changing and I don't know if it's gonna be definitely the technology area. But that's right. something a few months ago, I was like, eh, this has to go. Um, so. uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. It was really interesting. I love having friends that are in growth mode, yep. that are like in change mode. I think so, so often the general habits and routines and ordinariness of the day, daily life kind of just gets us into a, um, <laughs> almost a comatose state of spirituality where we're not always living in a, um, what we're not, we're just not always living day to day on a robust stage. Anyway, long story short, this person said, you know what I love about being Catholic is we're constantly changing. <laughs> mm. What? Like, well, yeah, you know, like mass and like, you know, he's been going to once daily mass once a sure. week. It's like, yeah, mass and, you know, I just this and that and change. And, you know, it's just like, we don't just, like you don't just change, you're always changing, you know, like there's this pilgrim's path. We're always yep. on this path, right? And so for a Catholic in some way, 
the the idea of resolutions isn't unfamiliar with us. We do this every Lent, right? Or right. even in Advent, the second <clears throat> Lent, right? So so this mm-hmm. idea or concept isn't, but that culturally we'd all have this one day where actually almost everybody knows that it's going to have no significant impact long term. We're just all going to get excited and feel good about ourselves for a couple of days for a little while. But to see outside of this season of the new year and of change that in December, I would have a friend say, you know, I love this thing about being Catholic, that we're always being called to change. I thought Mm -hmm. that's what the new year's about. Like that every day is a new day is a new year. Every day is January 1st. Every day we're being called to, to live uh, differently, to live more in Christ. So it's interesting, John. So John's going to kind of bucket. I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of the New Year's resolution, partly because I know I'm going to fail. I've already done it for 40 years of my life. I've failed at the New Year's resolutions. But I have found that throughout the daily life that there are opportunities that I'm called to resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, what's staying the same in 2019 is my workout uh, habits as well. I took the 40-hour bus ride, whatever it was, 30 hours to the Grand Canyon with the freshman at Mount Marty last fall. And I got back from the bus trip and I'm like, my body is falling apart. I'm 41 years old and like my body was hurting. And I thought, I have to do this every year? <laughs> like I can't <laughs> send anybody twice, else and you? I can't fly, right? It's not it like twice? you can say, oh yeah, I'll meet you all down there. Yeah, and we and now, now, you're gonna add now next year we're going to add the Rockies, right? So you're doing these two trips. So I thought I got to start working out. And so, you know, October of last year, I started a workout. And God willing, one, two, three, three months later, yeah. I'm still headed to the gym, you know, and, and I've got a, a wonderful little thing. And my wife kind of, I think, said it, but never miss a Monday. Huh. Um, that never miss the first day of the week, right? Sure. That, that for, for your workout routine, like if you miss Monday, it all falls it, apart. It, yeah, never miss a Monday. No matter what happens, get there. If it's last minute, five minutes, like get there on Mondays. So that idea of staying the same is never miss a Monday. Never miss the beginning of something. Sure. Uh, show up on time. So that's my staying the same. I'm going to keep at that physical health and I feel better about myself. I think it, there's a wholeness to working out where you mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm just in a better spot when I work out. And so it's something I've missed for many years. Uh, and so that's mm-hmm. staying the same. Well, something just changed in me. Oh, I agree with every single word my twin brother Joe <laughs> no just way. said. Hallelujah. Oh, oh my gosh. Hallelujah. And I think he actually articulated what I was trying to say more clearly. <laughs> I'm raising the rag, I'm raising the white flag on New Year's resolutions because we should have a resolution every day. Every, yeah. Every day. God, I am in need and this is my need. Help me change. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can, do it. If you can't, pray for the grace. Amen. Amen. Oh, my word. Rock on. This there we go. Thank you, Jesus, for my It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, because we're still in the Christmas season. Amen. This this is don't the y'all forget out there. I know. You got to celebrate Christmas all the way through. Like, yeah. don't, don't shortchange yourself. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, all y'all that took your tree down out there, put that thing back up, y'all. <laughs> Oh, this is outstanding. You know, I forget sometimes all the people out there listening. 
It, it, it never, it, it always amazes me when I go somewhere and they mention they are, radio. It's incredible. And so this one person out there uh, came to me and he said, you know, I got a problem with something you said. Uh-oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought, uh-oh. You mean my brother. Is, uh, you mean yeah, my brother. Yeah, yeah. That was John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure it was me? Um, but anyway, just that idea that says, you know, if you're out there listening and you got comments, insights, really, we do encourage you to reach out. This is a this is a real reality that we seek to live, and we hope that we give you life through our exchanges and through sharing our stories and yeah. whatever. Is, and, is, yeah, our hopes. <laughs> Lord, we need all the hope we can get. Um, but for those out there listening... We do encourage you. Think about that, you know, not to make a New Year's resolution, some detached cultural thing that you do, but how is this connected to who you are, who God's calling you to be every day? He's calling you to great resolutions. Develop these habits and routines in which each day you make them and they get easier. Yeah. Habitually, right? Yeah. We know that habits. Aristotle said that the the, the person was created for arete. This habits of excellence, we call them virtues, virtues. that the virtuous life is the fulfilled life. Yeah. Now, he didn't have the revelation of Christ to enlighten that. But at the heart of us, living habitually excellent lives is important for the Christian. Which maybe I can add to that, the importance of being grateful. Because the difference between Aristotle and the Christian is the Christian is the one who discovers that everything is given. And so to attain this excellence, God gives me. God gives grace. And with that, then, uh, gratitude is the conscious awareness of what has been given by God. And when we set off on plans, I see this all the time, all the time, right here in the church, good, faithful people. We uh, get our ideas set about something in the future, and we totally despair. Because and meanwhile, can. God has done so many incredible things for us, and we're like totally unaware. You know, I can be, oh, I'm just like a wretch, and this is terrible, and da da da. And then I stop for a moment. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm 14 years sober. That puts things in perspective. Thank you, God. Uh, I can be all, you know, worked up about these these things in my life, and I can say, wait a minute, uh, I'm present to my nephews and nieces. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's, there's so much, we get this idea in front and then, so along with the desire for what we want to change in us, what we want to do is the Christian is the one who also is grateful, who says, I'm grateful for this thing. I'm grateful to be here on this radio program with the two of you. Uh, then all of a sudden everything else, ah, God gives. Oh yeah. God gives, God gives the grace. So I'm made for excellence, but God gives the grace to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a beautiful thing when we habitually develop these routines and habits um, that just cultivate good living. I mean, there's, life is so grand. It's so, so outstanding. There's so much present, uh, but you can kind of get lost in the big picture if you think too far down the road. Um, anyway, lots of stuff there. So those types of things, somebody was like, hey, I disagreed with you about that on the road. I was out on the street. They're like, you said something in the, the radio program there. And <laughs> Did they talk really? like that when they told you? No, I'm just making up a nice yep. voice so I don't reveal who they are. And you can distinguish out there listening. Somebody else is speaking. Right. This is a joke. <laughs> okay. Come on So what did, what did they disagree with? Uh, yeah, nice yeah, yeah, so, it, it it, yeah should we, so anyway, uh, abortion. He thought that like I was really soft on, on abortion. 
Remember our comment, conversation about abortion we had a while back mm-hmm. about, uh, anyway, this is a interesting, that, but he just thought, well, you know, are you just saying that abortion just is one of the issues? And I was like, well, I don't think so. No. Uh, so anyway, we'll come back to that down the road. We can, there's always time to talk about the social issues and the moral issues and where we play. But eradicate abortion. I'm full on, get rid of it. And well, it was I mean, in this conversation. Come, it was in this conversation because, of a yeah. bigger, bigger picture about the moral issues and the seamless garment, and um, whether or not uh, I was saying that abortion isn't the you know a fundamental primary issue. But I just that's that's the whole other conversation. I just was amazed. This guy's was listening, listening to my radio. Like <laughs> he actually is wondering. He's he's spent the last how many months, or actually it was like six weeks, thinking about what my position or where I was or what I was trying to say or communicate. Like he's rest. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's somebody, so just, you really know, listens. that inspired me and it said, Oh man. All right. You know, let's, let's, let's think about this stuff. Well, reach out to me. Hey, if you ever have another thing, reach out to us. Yeah. If you're interested in what we're saying, or you're like, you know what, father John, you say the most profound stuff in the world. Father well, John, why are you saying Father BS John on the radio? And, and, <laughs> and, say, <laughs> and tell us. Uh, so with that, in the yeah, new year, no, we, uh, it, it's it's one of the things that I still I'll never forget. Uh, shortly after becoming a priest, uh, we were at a family function, and Digger's like, "People listen to you." <laughs> Digger's our older oldest, oldest brother, brother, Rick, yeah. and I'm like, "But well, I, I, I think, think so." so. <laughs> He's like, "Wow!" I was like, "You know," but again, it's, it's, you can sometimes use like people listen to this show. Like, really? Like, they really listen. Like, they're really right. listening because right. they're actually asking a question or wondering, right. or they're provoked by what we either said or didn't say right. or how we said or didn't say it. Um, yeah, so, so it, it definitely, it is kind of a shock sometimes when it's like, oh my gosh, people are actually we, we should make sure that everybody knows out there that there are more than just the three of us in the Rutten clan. Oh, There's excellent. four wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, marvelous S- sisters. Uh, ladies, sisters, uh, Christy. Laura, Shelley, and Catherine. And there are two other magical men that are in the lineup. Uh, Digger, a.k.a. we call him Rick, yeah. is actually his name, and Tom. And they're outstanding, too. I think we should have the brothers rutting with the whole crew sometime. Mm, no, Get the what? cowboys on here. I don't know. So Rick and Tom out there, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you never know. Denise might, or, Denise. you know, yeah, if you know, you're out know. there listening, tell them we, we might want to get the other brothers on here sometime. They can come uh, tell everybody the way they see it. Yeah. So with that, as we kind of wrap up this uh, second half hour, we, we got a couple of other things just to contribute and say in 2019, you know, we're keeping some some things the same, some habits that we're thinking about. Uh, what do you got planned? You got any big, big things coming up here in 19 that you that are on your radar? Or are you just kind of clopping away at the new year, taking a deep breath and uh, looking at wrapping up uh, the Christmas season and moving into 2019 without any major plans? Well, I suppose I have twofold. Uh, one is a parish. We actually went through doing a strategic plan to try to mm-hmm. get a handle on stuff. Uh, one of the things that you discover quite quickly in a big parish is there's just a lot, uh, and it can be kind of hard to sort of keep track of. Uh, so we're going to, for me, it's the first time I've ever done one. So to really try to see can can putting some sort of a plan together help us better bring Christ to people mm-hmm better witness Christ to people, those kinds of things. Uh, and then it does look like uh, I haven't been to Hawaii, you know, in a little <laughs> while. So uh, we're going to try and work another trip back to Hawaii. Wow. Um, so, yeah. 
Isn't friendship great? It is. Little it, perks like that. that yeah. Uh, no, it really is. You know, and actually what really the, the greatest part about it is the fact that it's like my best friends from high school uh, to be able just to hang out uh, and spend time together and right. really be grateful uh, for everything. Right. Like the friendships, the things we've gone through. Like I talk to people and they're like, you're still, you still have friends from high school? And I'm like, right. well, actually the ones actually from kindergarten, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we still have friends. Uh, you know, and, and the idea that you're going to Hawaii really is uh, secondary to the right. whole experience it's, itself, but it's a friendship. Friendship that has a place to stay. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, so it looks like Hawaii. Yeah. Fantastic. Father John, you got any big plans for 19? Nope. I'm taking it easy. You did uh, a lot this last year. I did a lot this oh last gosh. year. I usually, I usually, um, Poland. Yeah. I went to on the Poland pilgrimage and that kind of wiped out the wallet. Yeah. Once you do that, it's it kind of, right. yeah. Priests. I always say priests make a decent living, but if you got problems, <laughs> there's not a lot of there, you know, it quickly becomes a big problem. Does that make sense? So yep. you don't have a lot of, uh, and, uh, so Poland was like on the verge of God saying, okay, John, you just sit still a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, still going to the New York encounter, which is partly ministry right. as well. So that's in New York, a yeah. uh, couple of days with community liberation and their uh, cultural event in Manhattan. So a group of us from South Dakota head out there every year and looking yeah, forward I'll to be going, going out there with as well. Paul as well. Uh, so that's that. And I don't know in parish life where we're at in Harrisburg at St. John Paul II, like any day can be the most incredible thing. So right, right. we're, we're, it's uh, an adventure every yeah, day. We're in the midst of just, in awe of what God is doing and sort of in that phase of, you know, if we don't have the ability to do what most people ask the question about, which is buildings. Um, but God is certainly building up hearts and minds uh, and showing people the path of happiness. So yeah. we're going to keep living that out. Outstanding. Well, I, you know, I, I, uh, six year old three. Have going yeah, yeah. Oh, thank your you, life, Paul. Joe. Thank you for, for caring <laughs> to ask. Um, <laughs> So I got a six-year-old, three-year-old, and a one-year-old, and a beautiful wife, Laura. Uh, we're just busy. I mean, I really do appreciate yeah. uh, one uh, single mothers. I, oh. I just pray for. I'm just, you know, we we had a, a spout of whooping cough and RSV and two of them. Oh and you know, you're out for ten days. Like, how do people take work off? And you know, and then you're splitting time. And then we got grandparents that are helping. And I mean, there are people out there that have nobody else, and yet they have these situations, and it just cripples. You can cripple them and, and you can see where the the struggles in life come. And I'm just grateful uh, for the health of my children. Uh, but for my family, we just, you know, keep plodding away. And, you know, we're like everybody else. You're, you're working on debt. You're trying to save money. You're um, trying to make sure your kids have what they need. And, and yet say what's the priorities in life here is you raise a family. You know, do your kids know their prayers and understand who Jesus is? And my one-year-old knows how to say Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he can pick up a, 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 a he, and, and he also knows no, no. And he can wag his finger. No, no. You know, like, um, so he knows how to, you know, he knows how to respond when he shouldn't do something. And he knows how to say hello to Jesus. You know, there's the little things that just give me tremendous life and just excite me when you say as a husband and a father, you know, all the work stuff, Mount Marty, men's business fraternity. Yeah, that's wonderful. But, you know, I just, what's my priority as a vocation as a husband and a father really is what matters most in 2019. I just pray for health, 
for my children and that they continue to come to a relationship with Christ with wherever they're at as a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old, that they'll, I'll do my best to help them have that encounter. So I don't know. With that, I think maybe I'd just wrap it up and say family for us is really what a lot of this show is about. That's why we're here together. And uh, we pray for all those out there as they continue to grow in the relationship with Christ and his church. Uh, And maybe we'll just conclude with a family prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on Real Presence Network. St. Joseph, pray for us. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Mark Lichter. And we want to wish you a Happy New Year. And I'd like to give you a blessing. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit remain with you forever and ever. Happy Happy New New Year. Year.
the heavens shine above thee.